Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Quantum Coffee. Since as far back as I can remember, I've always thought about the unanswerable questions of the universe. What's the purpose of life? Who or what is God? And what happens when we die? I think about these questions often. The more I try to learn, explore, and seek to find the truth, the more I realize how much I don't actually know. So I thought it'd be cool to get other people's points of view. I want to develop a deeper understanding of where our beliefs come from and hopefully help people come to the conclusion that none of us really have the answers and that we are all a lot more alike than we are different. We are all on a giant rock hurling through a deep, dark, empty void of space, having an experience of life. If that doesn't blow your mind, maybe some of these conversations will. We might as well enjoy some coffee while we're at it. Hope you enjoy. You have an experience, it, it, it changes you inherently, and then your, your relationship to the world changes, mm-hmm. you know? And that's why psychedelics and ayahuasca or having a profound meditation experience can change your perspective when things melt away and the ego falls away and you become one with all. And you have that experience and now you could not just point to the moon or have a belief in it, but you could actually talk from your experience. And I think that's, that's hugely important. You know, you learn things from some of these belief systems, but then you go have to go out and experience them. Like, what's your experience of Jesus? You know, what's your experience of the Buddha? What's your experience through meditation? What's your experience through uh, ayahuasca or mushrooms? That's a place where you can actually start the conversation. Not something that you read in a book or something that somebody told you or something that was passed down through generations, but go out and practice these things. And if you go to church every Sunday and you have a profound religious experience and you feel connected to God, what's more beautiful than that, right? That was my good buddy, Dr. Mike Ricciardi. He was actually one of the reasons I was inspired to start this podcast. I met him over a year ago during a mastermind program, and he has since become a really close friend and mentor. While I was traveling last year in my van as I passed through New York City, He allowed me to park in his driveway in Staten Island. I was only planning on staying for a couple days, but it ended up turning into eight days. Every day I woke up before heading into the city to explore, we would have a cup of coffee together and have some of the most profound conversations, exploring the deeper questions of the universe, sharing our thoughts on the purpose of life and wondering why we're here, always coming to the same conclusion. What do we actually know about anything? It was the start of Quantum Coffee. I love having these type of conversations and decided it was time to start a podcast so that others could listen in. It's only fitting that Dr. Mike was my first guest. He's an amazing man and one of the wisest souls I have ever met. I hope you enjoy this conversation. There is no doubt that he will be a regular on this show. Enjoy. So can I ask you a question? Do you have any topics in mind or is it just going to be a random? So we're just going to talk about like what the meaning of life is, maybe what some of your experiences are, what your belief systems are, where you came up with those beliefs, different like higher kind of perspective questions that we like to talk about anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yours too. I mean, let's start with belief systems. Tell me some of your belief systems. Um, 
some of my belief systems, okay, well, I grew up in a Christian household and my parents are really hardcore Christian and I realized that the belief systems that we grow up in um, creates a lot of the story of how we interact with the world and it was only a few years ago that I actually was able to like break fully break out of that belief system on like a really deep level. And I like had this conversation with my dad. It was probably two years ago when I was in the van traveling and I've been questioning those beliefs for a long time, but it's crazy how Christianity creates this, this fear that if you don't believe that Jesus died for your sins, you're going to hell. Right. So I always had this deep subconscious, like holding on to that belief that I really don't want to not, I don't want to die tomorrow and go to hell. So I'm always going to have just that little belief in me that like, yeah, I believe like Jesus died for my sins. It was the first time, like two years ago, I actually had a conversation with my dad. He was like, so you're telling me you don't believe that. And it was the first time I really nervous in my body, like a lot of like resistance. And I was like, no, I don't believe it. And I it just released. And like, I've been on this journey of searching my own truth and discovering because of that, because I've always had questions growing up in a Christian household of like, well, what about like if you're never exposed to these beliefs, are you automatically going to hell? Like, what about people in India that, you know, grew up Hindu? And like, I just had all these questions, like if a loving God that you believe in wouldn't just, you know, half the world just go to hell because they never exposed. So I always went on this, uh, it created this opportunity for me to go on this journey of seeking and self-discovery for myself. And I've been on that journey of 10 years. And it's just recently since I've given up that belief fully and really dove into um, you know, that my travels and, you know, the psychedelic journeys and like all this stuff has really like opened my mind to find my own truth and my own beliefs. And, you know, I love talking to you too, cause it's like, what do we really know? Cause that they are really, that's all they are, are beliefs, right? Yeah. You know, like you were saying, I, I have a, one of my best friends is went on his, uh, went on a Christian Jesus thing for a little while. Mm. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I love Jesus, you know, Jesus, yeah, is, Jesus is my boy, you know? <laughs> some great wisdom and teachings. And, uh, you know, you know, I, I do feel a lot of it is, is symbolic in meaning for sure. Just like a lot of teachings just in general are symbolic in meaning, but that, that was my question to him. Like if Jesus is such a loving being, you know, what about the, the child that has never heard of Jesus? Like, mm is he going to hell? Like, because, and he couldn't answer that question, Yeah, you know, and that's just the rigidity of belief systems sometimes just, you know, tend to isolate and polarize people and separate people. And yeah, that's the funny thing about beliefs is if, 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 if I give space for someone else to have their beliefs and if their beliefs, if I give them space to, to realize their beliefs are true, then that questions my own beliefs. So I have to hang on to my beliefs so fully or, or else it's like, it's, I can't believe it's true. Yeah. Then you're, if somebody else's beliefs are true and it creates this divisiveness. Yeah, I mean, if they're right, then you're wrong, obviously. Right. Exactly. And so there's this new kind of thing where it's like, okay, how do I rise above like a plane above, like a, like a level above. And that's where we raise our consciousness to understand all these belief systems and have an open mind to learn the, the deep truths that are in all of these different, you know, religions, because they all have such beautiful wisdom in them. Yeah. And that's where you got to get through the dualistic framework of the religions, you know, and go towards uh, the heart and the core of them and 
you know, I think a lot of them or most of them, if not all of them are pointing to the same thing, which is the mystery or the unknown or the oneness or the love. And, you know, it's all just different names for the same thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating that we have, I mean, all of these religions are from different parts of the world, different cultures. And we're in a time now where we have so much access to information and we're, we're creating this like globalization of the whole world and all these belief systems are starting to like, we're, we can learn about them. Like I've learned about all these different religions and be like, whoa, I can see the truth in all of these. And this is like the first time in human history where we can really do that. So we do have an opportunity to integrate all of these beliefs. Yeah, because at the core of them, there is truth, you know? Mm. At the core yeah. of, you know, Hinduism, there is truth. At the core of Buddhism, there is truth. At the core of Christianity, there is, there is truth. Judaism, they're all pointing to the same truth, that one being God, you know, in, uh, in Taoism, they call it the mystery, you know, or the Tao. And it's just the, the thing that cannot be spoken of. Mm. You know, and it's just, uh, they're all pointing. And uh, I think one thing that you've done and I've done, and, you know, thankfully a lot of people in this world are doing is, is relying on more of our experiences than on our beliefs. Our truth comes from our experiences. You know, you, you have an experience, it, it changes you inherently. Mm. And then your, your relationship to the world changes, you know, and that's why psychedelics and ayahuasca or you know having a profound meditation uh experience can change your perspective when things melt away and the ego falls away and you're become one with all and you have that experience and now you could not just point to the moon or have a belief in it but you could actually talk from your experience and i think that's that's hugely important you know and that's that's a place where you can actually start the conversation not something that you read in a book or something that somebody told you or something that was passed down through generations, but go out and practice these things. And if you go to church every Sunday and you have a profound religious experience and you feel connected to God, it's beautiful. What's more beautiful than that? Right? Yeah. hundred percent. That's actually crazy. I was talking about my, my dad and my conversation with him. What just came up when you were talking about that experience was I had this conversation with him probably a few months ago and we were, cause I love talking about this kind of stuff and just exploring different ideas and um, especially with my dad and the rigidity of his beliefs. And so we, we started getting really deep into it and you know, their, their, their core belief is that the only way to heaven is Jesus died for my sins and you have to believe that to go to heaven and to have that experience. And I started, you know, I really believe in Jesus as a way shower that we're all capable and his teachings are how to live life to the fullest and, and love fully and, and be in the highest like vibrational state of being. And I started talking to my dad, I was like, I, but I'm experiencing these things that Jesus is talking about. Like I, like he talks about the Holy spirit. Like I feel like there's times when like, I'm not even like, I feel like I'm just like channeling this like beautiful loving energy. And like, I'm living this experience that God wants me to have and that Jesus was a way shower of. And I'm like, I'm really connecting with what Jesus was teaching. So I'm not taking any of that away, but I'm actually experiencing it fully. And it's not because I believe that. Like, I don't believe that one thing, but I'm still having this experience. So like, what does that mean? Like, how can I have that experience without that, that hanging on to that one tight little belief? And I kind of saw him like really soften mm -hmm. on like a soul level and open up. And we were able to have this open dialogue conversation about that. And it was like the first time he really like saw me. 
you know, and it's like, oh, it is a belief system. It's like, but it really is about what's your experience with it. Like this whole life is really all about the experience, right? Yeah, and then you can ask your dad, what's your, what is your experience of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Like not what you read or what the priest tells you or the, the minister, but what's your experience of Jesus? And that experience is as valid as any other experience on the planet Earth, you know? 100%. And then you can talk on a different level. You can talk on a common plane. You're not, you're not, you're not talking from a belief system. You're talking from an experiential aspect of, of who you are and your relationship to, to that thing. Not necessarily, I believe in this, therefore it has to be this, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't matter. It's just, that's what I find fascinating just about human beings in general is just that everybody is so damn different, you know? And not only just, different sizes and shapes and, and colors and, mm. and genders. But from the moment you're born, you're getting a different life experience that shapes your perception and shapes the way you, you relate to the world, you know? And to not be curious about another person's life experience to me is just like, ah, even somebody that's so rigid in their belief system. Now tell me about your life. You know, so I can get some insight into where this rigidity came from, you know, mm-hmm. and that's got to be super interesting, too. And I think people's stories are just so incredibly yeah. fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it's really wild to think about how profoundly unique each human being's experience is and how much I was just even talking the other day about this, like how much we each have within ourselves like i'm learning a lot more about archetypes right now and how we have these different archetypes that live within us and in our psyche and then there's this collective consciousness idea and like all of this expression that we have in these human vessels like just wanting to be expressed in so many different ways and like all of the input that we've had throughout our childhood and through our life experience that creates these stories around how we interact with the world like everybody's experience is so profoundly different and then every time that me and you have a conversation and then we introduce a third person into the conversation and then maybe a fourth person or then someone leaves the conversation, it creates this like back and forth and so much different energy and conversation and inputs. And it's like, it's just so beautiful. And then you bring it to another level is that every conversation that we have, we're never the same at each future conversation either. Mm. In a week, I'm going to be different. You're going to be different. Uh, Our life experiences are going to be different. So fluid and impermanent. Yeah, it's it's, it's nothing is gonna nothing is gonna stay the same, you know. And that's that's the beauty of you know dynamism of that. Like you said, so fluid. And uh, you know, we might be talking about. I might be like next week, like no belief systems are important. I doubt it. But <laughs> yeah. uh, but who who knows what's gonna happen in the in the next week or two weeks or three weeks? Each time that you interact with somebody, you're interacting with who they are in the moment, not who they were. You know, tell me about your experience with with God or a higher power, or when you first started questioning what it all meant and how you got connected to your own experience, and when that kind of kind of began. I thought, and I've actually I don't really haven't really spoken about this much, but when I was about ten or eleven years old, and I know this might sound insane, but there would be this monk. That used to come into my bedroom and just kind of hang around my bed like a spirit like a spirit mm. like a, a guy in long robes brown long robes bald head and he was just hanging around my bed 
and then he would like sit on my bed and he would just kind of like watch me and watch over me like to the point where like it used to like freak me out and for a while I, I, I was afraid to sleep in my room because this guy was always there wow. you know and he was but he wasn't evil he was just mostly just kind of watching over me you know and uh you know a lot of times i would go downstairs and sleep on the couch just because i was a little uneasy with having somebody kind of in my room watching over me while i was like sleeping and i wake up in the middle of the night and I, he would be there and uh i used to see him kind of quite often so that was my first initial uh foray into there's something beyond this world um but even going a little bit further back i remember particularly in the second grade i had this uh one teacher she was a, a catholic sister i grew up catholic and uh she was talking about death and dying and, and heaven and hell and i remember her saying that you know and i remember this as clear as day when you're dead you're really dead and i don't know why she said that but she said, when you're dead, you're really dead. And I remember being in the second grade and I would go home and I would lay in bed and I would close my eyes and I would imagine what it would be like to be dead, like nothingness. So it actually started when I was really, really young in the second grade, just imagining what would happen afterwards, what life after death would be mm. and going into that blackness and that nothingness. And I would kind of go deep to the point where like, my whole body would second grade. Uh, yeah in the second grade wow dude so uh yeah sister jude she she did a she did a number on me but it was just those words it wasn't even her it was just those words that must have triggered something yeah so how does that translate now into your belief in you know death and nothingness and you know talk about a little bit of your experience of maybe like the death of the ego and maybe the spirits moving on like how, what, what do you believe as far as kind of the afterlife now. And there's the whole belief question again, right? <laughs> yeah, right. What do we really know, Dr. Mike? What do we really know? Yeah. So I'll tell you, the last uh, tour that I kind of did ayahuasca was in 2014. I did five ceremonies, and uh, that was kind of the culmination of my ayahuasca, my journeys into ayahuasca. And during one of the ceremonies, the first ceremony of this last group of ceremonies that I did, I had to give up all of my belief systems, like one by one. And it started with like small things like church and Catholicism and my likes of this and my likes of that. Uh, then it, be, it got bigger and bigger. Like I'm, I grew up in New York. Uh, like I believe I grew up in New York or I believe I'm an American or I believe uh, I'm a human being. And that was what, and the last one that it made me give up was like, I believe that I'm even alive. Like, so I had to give up my belief in even being alive. That was the final story that I'm a human being and that I'm alive. And that was extremely scary. And I remember like struggling with that. And you know, like an ayahuasca, if like you hold on to something, it's just painful and uncomfortable until you let it go. And then you just kind of ascend. Uh, so I was holding on to that belief system that I was actually still alive until I let it go. And then I kind of descended into this really, really beautiful space. So when it comes down to what do I believe happens after we, we die, the, the answer is I don't know. I don't know. And that's not an answer that comes from 
fear. I, I think that's, that's an answer that comes from, I just haven't had the experience of dying yet, <laughs> you know? So I, I can't say exactly what happens. From my other experiences, I think once you lose and drop the body, something else moves on. You know, there's something that's, that's, that's inherently not this body, not this mind, not these thoughts, mm. not these emotions, not, a, not this personality. Yeah. Uh, where when that even drops away, something else continues on. But what exactly happens? I don't know, man. That's the biggest journey I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to face probably is when that happens. And I do drop the body and, uh, and go off and, and, and see what happens. I mean, to be honest, it's, it's a little scary and exciting at the same time, you know? Mm. But I don't know. I, don't I think a beautiful, beautiful thing about that too is that every single person is going to share that experience at some point. Yeah. Like that's the one shared common ground that we all have is we're all going to have to face our death at some point. And again, everybody has their thoughts and, and beliefs and ideas on it, but none of us, none of us has, has died yet. And uh, there's not too many dead people coming back and telling you what's going on. There actually has been, I've been, I've been doing a little research since, since there's been so much advancement in healthcare and being able to bring people back after they pass away seemingly with like defibrillators and like all this different like techniques to bring people back. There's actually been a, a real huge jump in near death experiences where people have been able to go back. Like that book you shared with me too, where guy, people go into this like seemingly like afterlife yeah, yeah, kind of energy feeling probably similar to what you're just talking about with ayahuasca and then coming back. Um, but there's no telling like what that is, right? Like if that's, and again, the amazing thing about most of those stories, most of them, but not all of them is that they come back and they're changed forever and they have no fear of death and they, they feel like they, they at peace with whatever happens after that. Mm. So that we could take with us. But again, that's, that's their experience. I'm not going to deny their experience, but unfortunately their experience isn't necessarily my experience or your experience. It can make me hopeful, you know, right? We're talking about death. How does death create this? How does it affect the way you live when you've gone through these experiences and you, you know, I feel like in our society, a lot of people don't ever think about death. It's kind of this taboo. You know, I've, I've like places in India where there's like, like death is like honored as a part of life. And they, you know, people they carry dead bodies down the road when someone passes away to go like, burn them like death is a part of their culture like in america i've i've maybe seen a dead body in a car accident covered up with a blanket but they like really keep it from us i haven't been exposed to a lot of death and it's i think it's our society and our culture is like this huge taboo thing where we just don't talk about it we don't even we're not even allowed space to grieve people who've passed away it's like get back to work get back to reality so what is thinking about death and all these experiences create in your actual life and the way you live day to day for me, and I, I agree with you 1000%, like it's the, it's one of the things that all human beings have in common, you know, we're all going to die. And it's something that's never discussed. And I, I, I discuss it with a lot of people and they're like, I don't want to talk about that. And, but to me, it's something that's important to talk about. Like it's, it's going to happen. Mm. You know, how are you going to face it? How are you going to be there at that moment of, of your, of your, of your death? And for me, I don't know, man. I think, I think about it a lot. I don't think about it a lot in a, you know, oh my God, I'm going to die. But I think about it in a lot like, all right, how am, how am I going to be at that moment? 
How am I going to be there? Am I going to be fearful? You know, am I going to be open? Am I going to be accepting? How am I going to go into that, into that moment? Mm. Um, so it, it creates this, for me, a way of living with the knowledge that it's going to happen, but also with the preparation that it's going to happen. I'm living my life preparing for that moment where I'm going to pass, you know, kind of like that book that I gave you. Um, that's, that was his, that's dip. That's his practice. And he, and he uses his practices at that moment in the Tibetans, you know, in the, the, the Tibetan belief system. And I think that belief system comes from their experiences Yeah, is that they go through these bardos and they have to be aware and present and not in fear in order to make it through these bardos for, you know, rebirth or, or the possible uh, enlightenment or nirvana. I don't necessarily practice the, in the Tibetan uh, genre, but, you know, I kind of practice with that in, in mind that someday I'm going to die mm-hmm. and that, you know, I want to have that mind that is calm and open and accepting so that I could be present at the moment of my death and aware and, uh, and in it. Also being aware of your death for me makes me want to live, mm. you know, makes me want to live longer, harder, have more experiences, have more different experience, love people. Cause this is a, a beautiful, beautiful experience. I'm not saying it's always an easy experience, but it's a beautiful, beautiful, amazing experience. And I don't want to let this slide. Mm. I don't want to let this go. Yeah. You know, I want to get the most out of it. You know, so I want to get the most out of what we're doing here, but I also want to be prepared knowing that someday it's going to end and to go peacefully and gracefully into whatever's going to come next. That's beautiful. Well, that book was called in love with the world, correct? In love with the world. Yeah. And do you know the author? Uh, I don't I can, think I can figure it out. I'll put it in the show notes. So you're talking, I mean, I love that because it really is, we're here to have the experience and to, and, you know, not necessarily, you know, label good, bad experience, but just to experience. And death is just another one of those experiences that, you know, none of us have really gone through. And it seems like you just talked about the people who have done the near death experiences and have come back, have a, a, a calm sense of peace, peace about it which means who's not to say that death and the transition into death is not just such a beautiful experience. So being able to be present with it and through it without fear can allow that experience to really have a a profound impact. Right. And we do, we don't know until we go through it, but being prepared is a beautiful thing. So that kind of segues in. So what, what is the, the purpose of life to you? Like what, like having this experience, like why are we here? Like, what is, what's the reason for it all? Well, I think the meaning of life is the meaning that you give to it. Um, why are we here? I don't know. <laughs> uh, what is the meaning? I, I think the meaning is what, what you give to it, not what somebody else tells you it is. From some of the, the psychedelic experiences that I have had, it seems to me that for me, the meaning and purpose of my life is to release habits and patterns that don't serve me or that keep me in a certain loop. 
release them and uh, raise up in kind of energetic ascension. I know it sounds woo-woo and strange, but... Um, Love the woo-woo. <laughs> you know, it was, it was it, you know, that comes from my first ever ayahuasca experience back in 2008, I think, where the medicine just kind of showed me what my purpose in life was or what life what my life was about. And it showed me this kind of inverted series of spirals where it was wider at the bottom and it got more narrow towards the top. And uh, as you ascended, so the, the wider kind of spirals at the bottom were these energetic patterns and you, they stayed wider because you were in them for longer. But once you broke that pattern or learned your lesson, so to speak, you kind of rise up and ascend to like the next level and the next spiral and whatever that lesson or pattern that you had to break or move on that spiral was, once you break it, you can rise up to the next one. Mm. So the spirals got smaller as you go up. So you ascended and at the top was God. Mm. So as you spiraled up and released and broke patterns and learned lessons, you moved closer to God. So it's basically... I don't know if it's a matter of releasing egoic structures or mm. habits or patterns or just life lessons that you learn along the way. Um, and, you know, Hinduism, they call them samskaras or well, blockages or call them scars. Uh, they could be past life or mm. they could be from present life, from growing up in childhood. But, you know, the whole idea is to release these patterns and move up to a higher energetic level and get closer to oneness or God. And that's, that's the journey to enlightenment, right? That people talk about. Yeah. I mean, that's what was shown to me. And again, I think what's shown to you in your, in your experiences are, you know, maybe not necessarily for everybody, maybe it could help other people, but you know, uh, specific to you, you know, it might not resonate with, Mm. with somebody else or, or it might resonate with somebody else that's one of the deeper things lessons i've learned is through my own inner work um you know especially you know with my parents i think a lot of us have these things with our parents that we have to work through and and other people and realizing that we can't expect other people to change or want them to be a different way and um that there's this like everybody's having their own experience right it's their own journey and I can't learn someone else's lessons for them and help them raise. And there's like no judgment there either. Like there's no, like it just is. And so like creating this, this environment, in our, I mean, that's what really leads to suffering, right? Is wanting the world to be in a different way than it actually is. And I think, you know, with, as far as my beliefs, like taking away the fact that I need to learn the lessons for other people, it's really my own personal journey. And even like, as far as like the world, you know, a lot of people, it's like, like save the planet, like we're killing them, destroying the planet. Like, I think the planet's going to be fine. We're going to destroy ourselves. And even if that happens, like from the grand view of like eternity and consciousness, like we'll just, it, it just is, it's just a part of another experience that we're having. And can we rise above? Can we, can we change? I think it really starts with ourselves and our own experience. We can't change and fix other people and other things. And like, once you connect with that, it just allows this, this peace and this serenity of like allowing other people to have their experience. And if it's something that's not your experience and you don't agree with it, like it's okay. 
Like you don't have to agree with it. And that's the thing. That's if your journey is to plant a billion trees in the, in the world, I honor it. Yeah. And that's fantastic. Um, it might not, I, I love trees, so I'm not, I'm, you know, I love trees too. I'm, I'm, I'm totally for it, but, uh, you know, that might not necessarily be my journey or another person's journey, but you, if you express your journey and other people resonate with it and they want to plant trees with you, that's cool too. Like we joked about before, like if your journey on this planet is to eat pizza, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. If, you, if your soul decided up before you incarnated in this reality, like I just want to go eat all the pizza <laughs> that's and it. I'm going to be severely obese. I'm going to have heart issues, health problems, but it doesn't matter because my experience is like, I just want to experience eating pizza because I love it that much. Like who am I to take that away from you? No, no. And, and you can't, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't. It's their own journey. Yeah. And I think, I think the way to change the world, like you said, is to change yourself, but it's, it's your being. Like if you want to change another person, you change yourself and your perception about them. You don't change them. Like you don't see something you disagree. If you disagree with somebody about something, it's not, it's not on them. It's on you. You know, that's inside of you. That's not inside of them. They're happy with what they're doing. That's your poison you're carrying around. So you're not changing them. You're changing your perception about them and you're changing yourself. Yeah. And you say like, yeah, it's beautiful. You know, People want to be around you, you know, like Joe Hall is fun to be around. He's happy. So like, you don't have to change anybody, man. People are going to change in your presence. You know, it's not, I, I agree a thousand percent. It's not about, it's not about changing anybody. I think there are people that could, you know, learn from, from other people for sure, mm. but you don't necessarily have to change yeah. people. I think just, you know, just be a light. First, be a light unto yourself, and then just then you're a light just in general, you know. And that light's just going to shine, and it doesn't matter if you're, you know, a hermit living in a cave, mm. in a mountain on the side of a mountain, or if you're a public figure. Just be a light unto yourself. That's it. Mm. And, you know, and people are going to go seek out that hermit in a cave too. You know, I was uh, a few years ago. I did a just a an amazing trip to, uh, to China where I, uh, traveled with the, uh, one of my Tai Chi teachers and mm. his teacher to, uh, to, to China. And we went to Wudang mountain, which is the birthplace of Tai Chi. And it's like one of the most holy mountains in China. And, uh, we went to see a hermit living in a cave. <laughs> How was that experience? It was amazing. It was, it was, I mean, he was living in a cave. And, it, and it, 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 he was just a light. We didn't understand anything that he was saying. He didn't understand anything that I was saying. But it was just this radiance that was coming out of his being and just being around him was a beautiful experience. You could feel it in his presence, like his vibration and his energy was just, yeah. was it, well, what did it feel like? What was the experience like? Oh, it, you didn't even have to talk, to be honest with you. It was just openness, love, expansion. And uh, I'm very sensitive to energy because I've been doing a lot of uh, just internal martial arts for a really long time. So just like a, a buzzing in my body. Wow. Yeah, and it was just fantastic. And, you know, and I think there's people like him all over the world that are just holding the energy steady in the world, just sitting in their caves and meditating and, and uh, yeah. allowing us to have our experience in the real world, yeah. just holding, 
open space for for the collective, right? Yeah, and they're having their experience, which is mm. you know, which is their journey that they came here to to do, right? Yeah, you know, and people are saying, oh, we're here to you know experience, and we're here to do this, and not to go up in caves and meditate, but there's nothing wrong with being in a cave and meditating if that's what you want to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Being a monk, like if you want to be a monk, then let's then go be a monk, go for it, you know? Yeah, it's just all this, it's this infinite expressions of the divine living out the experience. So if there's, in, infinite is kind of incomprehensible. So like if there's infinite expressions, then like allow the space for those expressions to take place and really connect with your own journey and like really figure out and do the work on yourself to uncover like what your journey is and what your experience, like what you're here to experience. I think that goes back to the, the uncovering and getting rid of the resistance in the walls and these stories that society puts on us on like how we have to be and what success means and really uncovering like what is it in my heart that I want to experience and what I want to do. And that's, that's fluid. I mean, that different stages of our life that comes up in different ways. I mean, you could talk about your journey, you know, into becoming a master dentist. Um, and then now you like want to get into art and, and kind of, experience something new because you've mastered something and it's okay even though it's really difficult to confront that and uncover that and it takes a lot of courage to follow your heart i mean that's something i've experienced with going through football and playing in the nfl for eight years and living out my childhood dream and then all of a sudden waking up one day and being like this isn't this isn't me anymore this isn't what's setting my soul on fire this is what my heart is in i'm ready for a new experience it takes a lot of heart and courage to really step into that and into the unknown but really trusting yourself and following your heart is really what it's, what it's all about. Yeah, and the word that you mentioned a bunch is fluidity. Mm. And uh, I mean, I think that's just a, a, an amazing, beautiful word, like, you know, fluid, like water. And, you know, you see clips of Bruce Lee saying, you know, be like water, my friend, you know? But it's true, man, it's true. Like, if mm. you're rigid, you're dead. I mean... Once, once something loses its life, it gets all stiff and rigid. But to be as fluid as possible, it doesn't mean that if you're a football player or a dentist or you know anything that that's that's the structure that you have to live in for, for the rest of your life. I uh, started learning about Joseph Campbell probably 20 years ago, and his his thing was got it right here. There you go. Here are the seven here are the right here. Follow your bliss in each moment what makes you what makes you happy and not necessarily what not necessarily a, a a pleasure thing you know what i mean yeah not a euphoric feeling but just where your heart's leading yeah you. or like what interests you like i don't know mm. like where are your interests lying that's where your bliss is you know mm. um i don't know my interest might be lying in like Reading about Joseph Campbell, reading uh, Hero with a Thousand Faces in this moment, but it might change in like a year. But if you're following this like path, connecting the dots, like, and just going from one thing to the next, like, you don't know where it's going to lead you. You have no idea. No, you don't. And it, usually, if you are following your bliss, you'll start realizing there's these crazy synchronicities that happen where, like, if you start following your heart, following your bliss, like, the universe is there to conspire with you to help you on this journey. There's a reason that there's something coming up within your soul and your heart that wants to be expressed. And it's because that's the experience that your soul or your body wants to have. 
and it's crazy. Like I, what I've experienced is once I t- took that step, you know, of leaving football and leaving my past relationship and stepping into this unknown, I had no idea. I was like really scared. There was a lot of fear there. But as soon as I hit the road and I'd go into these new experiences, like there was so much support and so many people and like the synchronicities that happened were just incredible. And it's beautiful that when you really do follow your heart, follow your bliss, like that's, that's where magic happens for sure. No, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, that bliss is happening in every moment, you know, Mm. I'm not much of a long-term planner only because I I don't know, like I have intentions, like, you know, like we were talking about, uh, you mentioned before about me studying art, like I have an intention, but what's going to happen from here to, to there, maybe I'll be taking another beautiful, you know, direction. You know, I I have, I have no idea. It's just being open in each moment to, to, to what's happening and and the possibilities. Because once you start closing yourself off to different possibilities, then you're, then you're less fluid to use uh, some Joe Holy terms. But if, uh, if, you know, the universe wants me to go in that direction, it's going to put things in my path that are mm. going to move me in that direction. Not necessarily going to be easy. There's definitely going to be challenges. You can't look at challenges as something that means, all right, I shouldn't be going here. You know, I think you should expect challenges. And I think where you see challenges, that's where you need to go. You know, <laughs> you know, all right, I want to do this. This is my intention. This is going to be difficult. There's going to be challenges. And once you start seeing the challenges, if you start running in the opposite direction, that's, that's, yeah. that's uh, kind of the opposite way you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. On the other side of fear lies freedom. And so the things that scare us the most of, in my experience and what I've learned, those things are guideposts. And if you really want to figure out what your, what your purpose is in life, like find out what scares you and lean into that. Because I guarantee, I mean, what is the, what is the quote in the, in the darkest caves is the treasure you seek or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, if you lean into those, those fears and because those are usually just stories, right? Like one of my biggest fears has been public speaking. And I had this traumatic experience when I was in fourth grade where I got up in front of the class and I froze. And everybody laughed at me and the teacher didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to process it. I was a, a child. And that story has stuck with me. And I remember in freshman year of college, I had my Calm 101 class. I called my mom crying. And like I was like, I want to drop out of school. I don't care about any of it. I do not want to go in front of this class and speak. And it was just like this deep fear. And now that fear, even though it, it, I can still feel the physiological response when I get in front of people, it's something I've grown through so much and I'm leaning into. And it's you know, I, I'm not lost in the irony that I feel I'm feeling called to be this motivational speaker and inspire thousands of people and audiences and being on stage. And that scares the shit out of me, but it also makes me feel most alive. And it makes me feel like this is what I'm here to do. And even though it's fearful, if I can conquer that and I can find total freedom beyond that, then I can really accomplish anything in my life. And that's, that's the lesson, you know, all of us too often get, get, you know, excited about being in our comfort zone and we, we don't want to step outside that comfort zone. And, you know, I've seen so many times where, you know, you get later in life, you've been working for this thing, you're in your comfort zone and you just wake up one day and you realize, you know, you haven't thought about death and, and the, the impermanence of life. And you realize like, whoa, like, what am I working for? What is this experience for? Like, we're here to live it. 
So it's like live it now and follow that and get outside our comfort zone. That's where all the magic and miracles happen. Yeah, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. I spend most of my time outside my comfort zone. Same. So I, it's, it's, you know, it's hard for me to, you know, sometimes, and I'm not going to lie to you, there have been times, that, and I've, I've it's, it's whatever my soul's journey is or, you know, however I incarnated into this world and it's whatever this filter of a human is, it, it, it goes deep. That's just kind of, you know, what I do. And there's been times when I wish that I, I didn't, <laughs> you know, is this t- times that I wish that, you know, you know, you, you don't have to go out of your comfort zone so much, like stay, stay in a little bit. It'll be a little bit easier, but it's just, you know, it's finding that balance between chaos and order, right? Yeah. You go too far into the chaos and then go, go, don't take the journey of like leaning. That's why I like saying leaning into your fears, not going and jumping into it. Cause then you can create a traumatic experience for yourself. Like if I went, from that time when I was a freshman year in college into like all of a sudden being asked to like do a keynote speech for a TED talk, that wouldn't help me become a motivational speaker. That would just make it worse and create more walls. So it's really about enjoying getting, expanding your comfort zone so that your comfort zone continues to grow. It's, you know, and that's what it's all about. And you can do that slowly. If you're someone that doesn't ever do something, there's like this little fear of you going out and even just like meeting people at a restaurant or a bar or something like just go out and like, you know, just be there, be in a public space. If something that you don't like being in public spaces, it's like that little bit of exposure to grow your and expand your comfort zone. And that's really what I'm talking about. Yeah. And you're uh, not to bring it back, not, not to bring it to astrology, but you know, what's your sign? What is my, my uh, on the cusp of Scorpio and Libra. I think so a Libra. Technically you're a Libra. Yeah, I'm a Libra, yeah. I think. So you're all about the balance, you know, <laughs> I'm an Aries. So it's a, it's a fire sign. It's like an explosion. So I'll occasionally or often explode out of my comfort zone. And then I got to remember, should I need a little bit of balance? Mm. Like when we were planning our trip to Whistler and I was like, let's go for a week. And you're like, <laughs> maybe we should do a shorter trip. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like a seven day pass. I was like, I don't know if I can snowboard for seven days. Like I got bad knees. Like I played football for eight years. Uh, what did we do? Three days? That was beautiful. We did three days. It was perfect. But it was, uh, it was your balance that, you know, that brought me out of a potentially painful scenario. Mm. <laughs> There's no way I could have done seven days either. Like seven day pass. Let's go. <laughs> Talk about your journey with astrology a little bit, like what, what the, the energy signs and what that all means in the grand scheme of like, you know, belief systems and ideas and where all that came from. Yeah. Um, I'm by no means any kind of astrologer, so I don't claim to, to, to know everything, but um, I got interested in astrology. I did a San Pedro Huachuma, uh slash astrology tour a number of years ago and i really went to do the wachoma but they were teaching astrology during that 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 tour it was with uh blue morpho and um you know i remember i got my first astrology meeting from uh reading from matt who you know through who was uh, your facilitator at Feltara. so uh matt who's a great guy and uh is a good friend gave me my first astrology reading and i was just like holy shit Mm-hmm. how could he be looking at a piece of paper and just talk about my whole life without him knowing the details of my life so I was just kind of like 
you know, blown away how you could look at this chart on a paper that looks so abstract and come to these uh, observations that were so real and hit, hit home. And then I, I got another astrology reading from, I still wasn't crazy interested in astrology, but another friend of mine recommended this other woman. Uh, I'll give her a shout out. Her name is Virginia Rosenberg, who is fantastic. She's an intuitive astrologer. And uh, he's like, just get a reading from her. And I'm like, I really have no interest. He's like, just please get a reading from her. So to shut him up, I actually got a reading from Virginia. And within like five minutes, I was like crying. Like without her knowing me and knowing the journey that I, I've been through, she was just like telling the story of my journey. And I was just like tears coming out of my eyes. And it was just incredibly healing for me. Um, and then I met this other woman who's a tango dancer, who I, I'm an Argentine tango dancer also. Mm. And, and, uh, you inspire me, man. We're going to, we're <laughs> going to have to do multiple conversations to dive deep into all of the things that you are, all the expressions that you have within you. You're such a beautiful man. So go ahead, sir. So, uh, you know, I remember I was dancing, doing a, I was dancing with her and then in between songs we were talking and uh, she's a really, really brilliant woman, and she has a PhD in neuroscience. And uh, she started talking to me about astrology. So it was like all these like things happening one one after the other. And uh, then she started saying stuff, and I was like, "Shit! Now I gotta now I gotta learn a little bit about this." And it turns out that her teacher was this guy. Uh, he's on the West Coast, and. Uh, she was like, if you want to learn, I'll give you a chart to him. And if he looks at, if he sees your chart and if he feels like you would be a good astrologer, then he'll teach you. So she gave my chart to this guy and he was uh, based out of around Santa Cruz, California. And he contacted me and he goes, I see some things in your chart and you would be a good astrologer. So he started teaching me. So I, I learned astrology for about a year and it was kind of like a way of, of seeing the energies that people were born with. And I was basically doing mostly birth charts uh, and reading mostly birth charts. Uh, just the energies that people come into this world with based on, it's not based on the position of the charts. It's like the stars, but it's, you're born into this world and the position of the stars tell you a story through, through energies. And it's really kind of complicated, complex system of how, how the energies interact with each other. So it's not necessarily just you're an Aries, you're a fire sign, you're going to act like this. It's like, all right, you're an Aries, but you have your moon in this and it reacts with this and your Mercury is this. So you have all this, uh, these different complexities of your personality that are told by the, the story of the positions of the stars at the moment that you were born. Where did that all come from? Like, where did, like, when did it start? How did people figure that out? Was it like a intuitive downloads people had in, ancient civilizations or is this something that's constantly like evolving where did it come from uh i don't know the uh, initial beginnings of astrology it's definitely from more ancient civilizations i know the in india there's also vedic astrology that's mm -hmm. kind of different than western astrology western astrology has got its own flavor and vedic astrology has got its own flavor and they really don't have much to do with each other there might be some similar overlaps uh, and I know things have changed 
since the addition of new planets, like for example, Pluto mm. uh, and Uranus and some of these outer planets, as people started to discover them, they started getting it added into the kind of astrological story. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. So it has evolved over time and it's, it's continuing to evolve. Like I know, like there's like Sirius in there and like, you know, some other things that, that are more modern that aren't necessarily classical astrology. But what I studied was more classical astrology. I didn't get into, I knew, I knew, learned the outer planets, but what I was taught was, you know, you have these core planets that are like the main energies. And then some of these outer planets are more, you know, uh, just passing energies, so to speak, or not as much of a, a pull on you. Influence, yeah, because they're so far out. Because they're so far out. So it was definitely interesting. And then I, you know, it, it was pretty wild to, to do people's charts. And it was a way for me to learn about them, you know, and learn different aspects of their personality and help them learn about themselves. So yeah, I could never did it professionally or charge money for it, but it was just... How did that help you interact with the world? Like when, when you realize like there's this innate energy that we all carry that is, that it kind of influences our personality and like who we are on a deeper level, you know, what does that say about how you interact with the world and maybe a relationship you're in with somebody that has a certain chart? I mean, does that affect or kind of just create space? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, creating space is kind of a, a beautiful way to put it. It's a, it's a, an understanding of where they're coming from, mm. you know? So it's, it's, you know, if somebody is, you know, cancer and they might be more, a little bit more sensitive and, you know, so if you have a partner who's a cancer, you know, again, it's more complex than that. Yeah. Uh, it's a way of a way of seeing them and seeing that specific particular energy in their life, and not necessarily like, oh, you're so damn sensitive. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's a while. I was talking about like the archetypes earlier, and like how we all we have so much to express within ourselves, and it's like there's so many layers of these things that we're trying to make sense of who we are on a deeper level, and it's really fascinating when you realize like wow we have so much within ourselves within each person through our experiences and just through through who we are energetically and what we were born into and you know the systems that we were born into and the outer influences of like the time that we live in it's like pretty fascinating that we're even able to cope with all of this different expression and live a life that is actually you know seemingly like okay in any aspect yeah yeah, I think for me is to break through that complexity, you know? Yeah. Because it is... It, try and simplify it a little bit. It, and try to simplify it. Because although interesting and, and, and beautiful and wonderful to learn about all this complexity, I think for me the path has been to, to grow and journey through that complexity into more simplicity. Uh, that's beautiful. And I think that's where we're going to leave it off journey into simplicity. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having this conversation with me, man. It's been beautiful. Always beautiful talking to you. We're definitely going to have more conversations because we have so much more to explore, but I want to give our listeners a chance to absorb all the information we've already had. I think we've been talking for close to an hour and, um, yeah, I'm really excited that you're my first guest that I've done an interview with. It was a lot of fun and, I want everybody to know these are, these are talks that we normally have. And Dr. Mike here is actually the reason I decided to start this podcast and call it quantum coffee is because we've been having such amazing conversations and, uh, you know, 
Mike is such a mentor to me and we just love exploring deeper conversations of reality and what it means in an open way. Um, and I just know that anybody that listens to this can have, you know, take a lot from it and not get so rigid. It really is all about having this fluidity of conversation and open-mindedness and exploring ideas with other people and not getting so attached to our own beliefs. So thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. We'll talk again soon. All right, man. Love you. Thank you brother. Thanks for listening to another episode of Quantum Coffee. I hope you enjoyed. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Reach out to me on Instagram at joe.holly or email me at joe.holly.newsletter at gmail.com. That'll all be listed in the show notes. If you have anyone that you'd like to hear on my podcast, reach out, send them my way. Also, if you like this episode, please leave a review and share with your friends. Thanks again for all the continued support. So much love and gratitude. Peace.